Most of you have no foundation at all. Now, the trouble's with your attitude. funny joke <laughs> I'm gonna throw that that keyboard against the against the wall <laughs> shut up and sit down last time on the show whatever like that for me like I knew I wanted to get the away hair sex from was the, was yeah the hair sex is weird for me. I was like, stop I you're giving me a boner <laughs> <laughs> Connected with themselves and the horses. That's that's. I'd be a nervous horse on Pandora. That's um, my voice. <laughs> I just, there's so many uses for it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a great tool. Oh man, I um. Now, Bob, can you name that movie we were talking about? Uh, you were talking about Avatar. Good. That was a great. I love the fact that Rocco doesn't hear them before you play them. Yeah. It's well, just, he could if he wanted to. <laughs> But he likes to be surprised. You know him. I do. It's amazing. I, and I love a little Frank Costanza. That's my voice. I mean, uh, just, that man is a legend. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he but, celebrated his uh, birthday. You posted about that, didn't you, Bobby? I did. Um, but but here's the thing. Before we get to that, I want I have I have some issues I need to bring up with you guys. And I've been oh, waiting for a chance yeah. to get on this show to bring oh, them up no. in your face. Oh here, well, for on your home turf. We don't take criticism well. <laughs> First off, <laughs> if you haven't guessed, if you haven't guessed already, Bob's here. Yay! Yes, Bob from from Gutsy Media. Yes, our sister show. Yes. So, <laughs> what is this bone you have to pick with us, Bob? Okay. So, number one, Rocco. Yes. Robert Pattinson is a good actor. Is a good actor. Judge, you said, and I quote: "Judging Patterson on Twitter or on a Twilight, rather." Is like judging Heath Ledger on a Knight's Tale. Mm. A Knight's Tale is a good movie. I didn't like it. Crazy. I like The Lighthouse, mm. Tenet. Um, let, me, let me just pipe in. I, I think that when he said that analogy of comparing it to a Knight's Tale, I took it as, you know, the Knight's Tale, whether good or bad, was more of a commercial movie. It appealed to a wider audience, maybe more females was his point. So I think Heath Ledger is an amazing actor in that movie. And I think Robert Pattinson is mediocre at best mm. in most of his movies. I but haven't seen him in literally just... anything. He was in that um, movie with Tom Holland on Netflix. Yeah. The, uh, uh, the devil all the time or something like something that. Like that. Yeah. yeah. He was also in um, this movie. Remember me. And yeah. I remember that it was such a boring, awful movie till the last <laughs> second where I was like, wow, that just happened. And that hmm. became like a really good movie. Yeah, they got a lot of criticism for that. People were saying that they were using it like like Hollywood uses aliens. It's just like the ending that you can use to answer any question that you need to. I mean, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. I just I liked it. Well, look, I, we're not going to split hairs here, but obviously, scientifically and objectionably, Heath Ledger is head and shoulders above robert pattinson acting wise agreed we haven't seen I mean, him as he, batman yet we haven't <laughs> you're not gonna agree to that so let's say robert pattinson's done 10 films. right now take i'll Heath agree with ledger's that. 10 okay. right now i'll films. agree with that take Heath uh, ledger's 10 shittiest films and compare them to robert pattinson's sure 10. sure 
but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him as the Dark Knight, and the trailer blew my mind. And if okay, the trailer is anything like the movie, big. I want to see what his head's too big. He's got an enormous head. Uh, you know, that cowl, that cowl side tangent, so humongous. Rocco and, and Bob pipe in, but why? How does how does Bill Kilmer stack up for you guys as, as far as Batman goes? <laughs> Better than George like Clooney. I, yeah, yeah. Like everyone I mean, that's on those two movies, but I kind of liked Bill Kilmer as Batman. Ugh. Just as bad. I don't mean the movie. I know he was you like Jim Carrey. Bill Kilmer was insane during the making of that movie. If you listen like behind oh, the scenes, I believe stuff, it. He was yeah. a whack job. But really? if you heard about him now, Bob? Oh, well, I mean, yeah, he's a whack job now too. But oh, it's Dan, getting real bad. Dan, you're not getting out of this. I got a bone to pick with you too. And oh, this shit. bone, I tried to change your subject. Bone. <laughs> too many bones here. It's starting to give us a boner. Up until <laughs> up until Ruben's magnificent masterpiece, you okay. never read a comic cover to cover. Yeah, are no. you kidding me no are you well, kidding me i was outside playing with friends talking to girls. what are those it doesn't make sense to me here's, and here's, it was here's what i need to know like how i said the Jake pictures get were so lucky how do i get on a show without dan whose dick do i gotta suck to get that happen wait get on a show without me yeah jake got lucky he got a show with just rock i know right i got covid i'll get covid again. <laughs> i'll get covid again i'll do it, I'll do it. i was on i was on my death bed was and I was bad? still like, maybe I can do. It. Oh yeah, I had. There were four straight days that I should have been in the hospital. So what was it? Was it just like trouble breathing? It was every single imaginable um, side effect or uh, whatever you want to call it. Having a brain fart because I still have it in my brain. <laughs> every single imaginable symptom. Jesus. Headaches, nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, um, body aches. I'm talking about skin aches, muscle aches, and bone aches. Everything when I I'm not exaggerating, everything hurt. Um, I couldn't stay awake for very long. I had to keep taking naps constantly. Um, I couldn't sit up, I couldn't lay down. I my head I was sort of shaking. Jesus. Um, and on top of that, there's like a there's a five-year-old, a six-year-old, a two-year-old, and a 14-year-old that don't know how to shut up. And especially the five-year-old who would be like just jumping on me. And I'm oh my god. I'm I'm happy that with the vaccine. You know, moving forward, only the Republicans are going to get COVID. Uh, I didn't want to derail your show by by all means. <laughs> well, speaking that's of, insensitive. Speak, no, this is not insensitive culture. This is critical mass and gutsy. Oh, okay, I'm on the wrong right. show. <laughs> you're in, you're in the wrong room. Um, no. Uh, speaking of Republicans, Kamala Harris was in Guatemala, <laughs> and and uh, Dan, what did she say? Because I know this was your story. I don't know the full story. I don't know what the true intention is other than she's basically doing a tour of uh, middle American countries and saying Central American and saying, hey, um, don't come here uh, because we're going to try and fix the problem in your country. But really what it means is we're going to put a Band-Aid on some of these issues to make it look like our administration gives a shit. Um, when the truth is we want to win the, the election in, in three and a half years. So, yes. What we're going to do is try and make it look like we're hard on immigration um, for those centrist Democrats and uh, any Republican that might feel like voting Democrat for some reason. So they've got to go down there and, and show face. Hey, we care about your families. We care about uh, your kids and, and the violence and, and the lack of economic stability in your in your region um, because of what free trade has done. Um, and, and now, you know everything's horrible and you're being threatened and you're running to our country. And we're just here to tell you, um, no. 
So well, don't do that. I can't. What I have an what I have an issue with is, and I spoke to someone who just was like their last thing they said to me was just close our borders. We just close them. We don't need anyone else. And and my response was, you're a father. Absolutely. <clears throat> OK, would you do anything for your children? Absolutely. I do anything for my children. I said, well, I believe you. So I believe you. Mm-hmm. So if someone came to your house today and said, going to rape your daughter tomorrow and your son's going to join my gang or I'm going to shoot him in the head, <clears throat> would you leave to go to a country where that has least less likely to happen? Absolutely. I mean, I felt presented with that choice. I said, OK, so then you just answered your own stupid question because a lot, not everyone, but a lot of the folks that are coming from Central America specifically are coming because of that. Mm-hmm. And the drug cartels were created due to the United States of America. And the we're just war. and we're just getting our comeuppance now from it. And furthermore, Mexico doesn't want them either and makes it easy for these gangs to come and find them. The cartels can find these people easily in Mexico. There's there's no safe haven there. I mean, I wish there were. I wish there were safe havens everywhere. I mean, I I, I love the fact the United States can be a beacon of hope for people, and I want it to be. But I'm going to say something that may sound controversial. I think it's the responsibility is not all on us. Canada, Mexico, El Salvador, Guatemala, you name it, Nicaragua. Sure. Everybody has to work together as a team to solve this problem. It does not and should not solely fall on our hands. So in, in that case, I think conservatives have a point. But also, don't be a fucking dick. There's like a billion square miles of space here. We can we can hold them in a tent we for a while. We don't need Montana, right? Jesus I, Christ. I think I can, no, no I one think needs I can, Montana. I think I can solve this. You said she... Solve it now. She she made the comment, don't come here. Do we know she was referring to the United States and not Guatemala? Like telling no, us, don't No, come. it was obvious that she uh, meant the United States. The toilets yes. don't flush right. <laughs> um, I just think, well, I, what I find funny is hypocrisy. I, I think hypocrisy is hilarious. It's in every single thing that you kind of look at, including politics on both sides. <laughs> That's the truth. But what what yeah. kills me is the same party who is like, close the borders. We don't need any foreigners. You know, we don't need anything like that. Um, also don't understand that a lot of our scientists come from overseas because mm-hmm. that same party has been butchering, butchering uh, the school funding for the last 20 years. So mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. we're not going to grow smart people and you won't like, let us import smart people, yeah. we're going to be a country full of idiots pretty soon. So, yeah, uh, it's our, I mean, I think it's already happening. I think we're I mean, the fact that a reality TV star was president at any point shows me. <laughs> Shows me the absolute lack of like I, I'm I went like I went through Facebook today. Some girl I haven't spoken to in years that I really could give two shits about is openly complaining about the mask policy and how it's taking away personal freedoms by making the children wear masks to school and that they want to see their child's face before they get on the bus or some stupid happy horse shit. Okay, (laughs) like like honestly, I'm going to say it and maybe this is controversial, but parents that bitch about masks raise shitty kids. Oh, was I over the line? I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Yes and no. It's it's nature versus nurture argument, I guess. But I mean, let's not go ahead and blame the kids just yet. Let's let's wait and find out. But back to Kamala Harris. Another thing that bothered me about the whole comment of don't come here and, and what she's doing down there is that she made another comment about 
there's legal ways to do it. Well, it's extremely difficult to use the legal system right now to get into a country when you're seeking asylum from rape and gangs Dude. and torture and violence Dude. and economic depression, no less. Dude. I mean, take away the violence aspect of it. Their country is decimated economically. They can't <clears throat> export shit. They can't do anything. There's nothing, nothing that they can do or make. They, they have nothing to offer but resorts. That's it. There's, there's well, nothing yeah. there. But to your point, so I know of two specific folks that had to get naturalization of the United States legally, um, mm -hmm. a family member and then a friend that a very close friend who met his wife overseas and had we'll to have get their photos, and social security numbers in the liner notes at the bottom of the <laughs> yes. show. So the amount, the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars for attorneys and filing. So you mean to tell me that this guy that just crossed a desert with his two fucking children mm -hmm. is what is he? Is he going to the first strip mall attorney he can find? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, kids, we made it to America. Now let's find a lawyer. Like, right, yeah, like, like just walk into a lawyer's office. That's that's not that's not happening. Not how any of that works. So that's that, not how this works. Exactly. So like make an express lane to citizenship. Mm -hmm. And then there'll be taxpayers. And then. Right. Isn't that good? Isn't that. What I we mean, want anytime they purchase something at a store with money, they're paying an 8% sales tax in New York or whatever the sales tax might be in that particular state. So they're, they are taxpaying no matter what they do. Um, and furthermore, you know, the concept that, are, that this is a Democratic versus Republican issue is bullshit because back in the 90s, Janet Reno had this brilliant plan of forcing immigrants to. What they would do is they built a wall, okay, to areas around areas that were like mountainous. So they figured, well, no one's going to go through these mountains anyway. So what it did is it funneled, they had these open gaps, and it funneled these immigrants crossing through giant, open, dry, hot as fuck desert areas. And there's literally bodies littered everywhere through these areas. They did that on purpose, to make it more difficult for people to cross. Sure. So this this whole thing has, has there's a lot that needs to be done. I'm disappointed with Kamala Harris. I'm disappointed with the policies. If, if you want to say that there's a legal way of doing it, what are you doing to change the legislation to help it to, to make it easier for people? So yeah. the Republicans are, are so amped about going to war with Iran and, uh, you know, all this other Middle East bullshit yeah. why don't we solve both problems why don't we let the u.s go to war with some of these central american countries and southern american countries we can invade the republicans get their war and the democrats can camp out for a little while and try to make that country better or at least part of the united states and then there's immigration solves everything yeah the <laughs> That is a good point. I mean, over the over the last uh, 200 years, uh, the U.S. <laughs> imperialism uh, sort of theory has worked well everywhere. Yeah, especially I, you can't point Central to a single America. Yeah, you can't point yeah. to a single location. Nothing could go wrong. No, I've never it's, seen that go wrong. Safe. I'm going to write Biden myself. So, yeah, write to him. So <laughs> speaking, only he could read. <laughs> speaking of uh, central, middle, western countries. Um, <laughs> so, Bob. Before the show, you were talking about uh, uh, what was it? Bitcoin. El being... Salvador. Yeah. Yes. El Salvador has accepted Bitcoin as its legal tender um, in a decision 62 
out of 84 votes in their Congress. It's going to be adopted in 90 days. And I think this is a brilliant plan um, because if anything recently has taught us, it's computer security is top notch and there's no <laughs> nothing that could come wrong of, right. of putting your entire country's economic uh, economy online. No, now, of no, these cyber no coin, of these cybercoin currencies, Bitcoin is still one that you cannot. Oh no, you can. I'm sorry. With Bitcoin, you can literally trace every single transaction, right? Correct. Yeah, that's yeah. the whole. That's, that's the mining part of it. Is your server acts mm. as the tracer for this long key of numbers, and they pay you for it. I wonder how that will play out with, you know, drug money and cartels and violence and gangs. We'll never have to know that because El Salvador doesn't have those kind of problems. Oh, Not right. All, yeah. It's all made up. It's a, it's it's all, a democratic it's, conspiracy. It's one of those shithole countries. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's, it's, hey, no the one, president said it. So. Exactly. So you know it's okay. Um, I want to uh, just kind of before we go to break and then come back with our um, – I can't wait for our second segment. Uh, we're going to do in the style of gutsy media, and we're going to be talking about The Conjuring, uh, the last one that just came out. Um, but before the devil that made me do it, the devil made me do it. Um, so it's pride month and, you know, we talked a little bit about it on the last show. Um, and you know, I, I had a lot of, of thought, a lot of thinking, um, and I don't know how, I don't know what, but anyway, I was at the comic book store today. I go every day. I go every Tuesday and Wednesday on my lunch. I pick up all the drops, all the Tuesday drops and all the Wednesday drops for what I read. Um, and I go in and I pick up my my Star Wars uh, comic, uh, among many other comics. And as I'm walking out of the store, I pass by the new release shelf. And there's the exact same Star Wars comic I just picked up, but the Pride variant cover, which had this uh, beautiful hand-drawn um, pilot coming out of an X-Wing. Um, she was definitely, I don't know how to put it, it was definitely a female, but more like androgynous not really androgynous but you could tell they were a gender fluid person right and at the bottom under the logo it just had a rainbow that came off the logo it wasn't like huge and flashy i love the artwork though so i grabbed it i picked it up for three dollars i was like i want i love this artwork so i want it and you know am i falling into this pride month uh you know take your money because it's got rainbows on it or is this progress because maybe someone who is gay mm -hmm. can see two things out of this. One, Marvel, not just Marvel, Star Wars, not just Star Wars, Disney, produced this comic book. These are three very large worldwide things that are accepting the LGBTQ community, right? Number one. Number two, I am a straight guy who loved the artwork and bought it regardless of it being pride or whatever, but was happy to do it. So is that progress? Is that commercialism? I, I, I you know, yeah, Bob. So I, I have a comment on that. I, I, I do agree with your comments on, on your previous shows about how it seems like these companies now are adopting all of this, you know, gay pride and L, LBGQ uh, pride and all that stuff because it, they, it makes them money. They can capitalize on it. They can sell products with a rainbow on it and they can sell twice as much because of it. And it's bullshit. It's, it's taking advantage of something just to make a dime. They don't give a flying F. They, they never have. They go with the majority to sell the most. But 
what I will say is by you doing that, by you buying that product, you're showing them that, yes, if you put this out, you're going to sell it. You're going to sell it because either people don't give a fuck or they're going to support. And hopefully that teaches corporate America that the next thing that happens, whatever it is, the next equal right thing to come up, you know, hop on board faster. You'll make more money. And that just kind of reinforces that idea of like, this is a good thing. When you put out a product that is all encompassing, that doesn't shine anybody away, doesn't make anybody feel bad, doesn't make anybody feel left out, you're going you're gonna to sell more. It brings people together. It's unity. And, and that's mm-hmm. a good lesson to teach them. No, I, yeah, I agree. I think that there's a silver lining there. You know what I mean? Yeah. In this world of capitalism and do what's right for your company, make the dollars first. You know, I think a lot of companies right now are in this social climate are saying, well, we're going to have to come out. If all these other major companies are coming out and saying they support this and then other companies are not coming out, it makes them look like they don't support it. So I don't know. I'm just putting myself in, in the CEO's shoes of his company. And he's going, if I don't say anything, I'm against it. And if I do, I'm for it. So if I'm going to say something, I might as well say what I actually feel. I, I don't know. At the well, end of the day, it, it is capitalism and there is a dark side to capitalism. We all know, but there's also some silver linings there that you're right. If it, if it supports somebody and makes money, I guess both can be true. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, Star Wars just had their first um, gender fluid uh, characters, uh, Tarek and Sarah. And what's fun, they're they, them, that's their pronouns. And their names are actually, is it anagrams when they're, you know, Tarek and then Sarah. So they're like literally backwards, their names. Oh, that's cool. And they're, okay. they're two Jedi and they're in the comics. And if you go to the comment section of a Facebook post of when this was announced, I was disgusted by all the people that were like, why do you have to bring this into Star Wars? And it's like Star Wars is about togetherness. It's about family. It's about acceptance. Look at all the different aliens. Look, there, you, exactly, there's aliens. Like, I mean, this is a, you can make it a whole race of people that are gender fluid and you can't you can't object to that. It's a freaking alien. A exactly. Giant fat sloth looking job of the hut is is believable for you but but gay people and star it's wars ridiculous. No. it's ridiculous everybody's got to hate something just stop yeah. who i don't care what other people do in their lives like to be honest with you just leave me the f alone i don't like people in general <laughs> but, well uh, yeah exactly yeah. it's 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 it just it just bothers me and it, it honestly what's what's annoying and i'll end it on this is what's annoying is this group of men that feel like that if they give in and it is a group it's mostly men white older men that think by accepting pride month it erases their culture or or their <laughs> it erases what they're what they are which is it just not true power, it takes power and authority away from and them. it they makes like them it. feel small but it's yeah. like good feel that way because now you know what other people our feeling and pride month isn't about being pride being proud of being part of this community it's about being proud not to have to lie about being part of this community and not to have to be afraid of being tied to a fence and beaten to death because you like to fuck dudes you know it's whatever it, it saves lives it really does it does a parade marching through town and people waving flags and Guys on roller skates and little bikini thongs. It, it, when was it, I know to a straight man, it seems ridiculous, but it's saving kids' lives. When was the last time you heard of somebody coming out? Like, like a big celebrity or just like a person? 
just a person. Like, I guess the point I'm trying to make mm-hmm. is I, I vividly remember growing up, you know, middle school and even younger, and you would hear about people coming out of the closet and it was like, oh my God, like it was a big thing. And they would, mm-hmm. they would get all their family together and tell everybody at once. And it was like, you know, I could be shunned. I could be kicked out of my family. Like, you know, based on this, this decision or this, this, you know, thing that I was born with or whatever. But nowadays I feel like it's become like, when I hear somebody that has come out or somebody, you know, has, has said they're, they're gay, I'm like, oh, okay. Like yeah, it's just, yeah. it's just, it's not even an event anymore. And yeah. that's progress in my opinion. No, I, I agree. I have uh, someone that I've known for a very long time that came out and I was like, okay, I thought you did already. Like, yeah. cool, you've, always, you've always been gay to me. Like, <laughs> I, I don't even mean that in a bad way at all. You've just always right. been gay to me. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you know, point. So it's progress when it's not even an issue. Exactly. Exactly. But listen, when we come back, we're talking about the conjuring. The devil made me do it with gutsy media podcast. Bob is here. Can't fucking wait. Hold on to your hats and listen to these messages. Do it. Get off the shit. We got a, a quick read here for off the pages travel. This is a fantastic travel agency. Um, Any travel you want or need, and they will work with you from before booking until after your return. Big thing here is their services are completely free with no cost to their clients. They can be easily found on Facebook at Off The Pages Travel. That's facebook.com slash Off The Pages Travel, or just go to Facebook and search Off The Pages Travel. Check them out. Need more context on your favorite movie? Is Obama. Obama. As okay. He's Senator Obama. Ever wonder why they did or didn't do that thing or include that scene? This is prime. Like, this is perfect this is quality entertainment. Check out Gutsy Media Podcast as my friends and I take a deep dive into everything from blockbusters to indie films. The weakest apple cider bitch beers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. That's Gutsy Media Podcast for everything movies. We are back. We are here again with Bob of Gutsy Media Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, our our topic is the I, show. I was afraid I wasn't going to get the keyboard. You got your own little song, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, um, we the three of us watched The Conjuring Two, the de- or not The Conjuring Two. No. I'm sorry, The Conjuring. The devil made me do it. Um, Cut, which start over. I'm not, we're not doing that, um, which came out HBO max and, um, and theaters. And, um, I don't know. Do you, how do you want to do this, Bob? Do you want to take it away? Do you want me to say my piece? What do you think is good? What do you want to do? Let's just roll right into it. So we're talking about 2021's the conjuring. The devil made me do it. Starring Patrick Wilson from Aquaman and Watchmen, Mm -hmm. uh, Vera Farmiga for for me, for me. I'm horrible with names. Um, she was on The Departed. She's also the main star in the Bates Motel, the TV series. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, I put on there for Josh Noble. Jo- amazing man. He was in The Mule with uh, with uh, Clint Eastwood and then the main guy on the Fringe TV show. Either one of you guys the old, Yeah, the old guy, right? The old oh, guy. Dude, yeah. he was, dude, he's he Scarecrow, man. He's Scarecrow he, from the Batman Arkham games. All the Batman Arkham is games. He re- oh, man. I'm not That's I'm, Scarecrow. Voices. I'm connecting the voices now. Yeah. So this is this is the third in the Conjuring series, the eighth in the Conjuring universe, the first for myself. So, Rocco, you said you oh, were wow. a huge fan. Yes. Explain to me why I need to be a huge fan. So 
it starts with the first conjuring movie. And for me, when I'm watching a horror movie, I like my favorite specific genre that maybe I made up. I don't know. I call it, I call it adventure horror where there is a really good story that goes with the jump scares that go like, like it's not your typical slasher film that you see when you're 16 with your 16 year old girlfriend. And it's really to do, to jump and do hand stuff. Um, you know, that's, that's your Jason. That's your Freddy Krueger, right? The story's and, eh, but you're not there for the story. Right. Right. But for the conjuring, the conjuring Two, the Annabelle films, even the nun, which was the worst. No, I'm sorry. Still is the worst, but regardless, those movies all had stories and just the devil made me do it had a story too, but it was lacking the extreme dread and horror that you got in the first two conjuring films. The first two conjuring films scared the shit out of me and the stories were fucking solid. So when I saw this movie, I was expecting a solid story and to have the shit scared out of me. And really all I got was some more character development that I just didn't feel like I needed to be honest with you. So that's an interesting point. I want to come back to that. Uh, Dan, were you a fan of the conjuring universe? Have you seen any of these movies? So let me say this. No, um, I hadn't seen. OK, any great. Thanks. Films. <laughs> right, thanks, thanks for coming for. God, I want to say it's on Hulu. It was this weird little movie about the Enfield. Uh, yeah, stuff. which is The Conjuring 2, um, the story of The Conjuring 2. I understand that. But not I, what I'm saying is I didn't see The Conjuring movie. I saw it was like a behind the movie. scenes. No, it's a, no, no, it was, it was a, a it documentary. Was, Nice. I think I saw the documentary too, but this was an actual. I think it was called the Enfield Haunting. The Enfield Haunting. Yes, I saw it too, and it is a documentary. All right. Well, no, this this was not a documentary. These are actors, and this was a script. I know the fucking difference between a documentary and a movie, you dipshit. So I guess, I guess I'll have to send it to you to show you. Send it to me. Um, but I really did like that, and I do remember seeing stuff about how that, to date, was the most proof that we have. Like police were involved, reports were written, things were witnessed by police, things like that. So I really like that. And that's really the only connection that I had to the Conjuring movies. Um, so going into it, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, so that actually brings up a good point. The Conjuring, the devil made me do it, is says it's based on a true story. Mm-hmm. So tell me what you guys know about the true story and what you what you feel about the movie being based on the true story well so based on a true story we have to look at the definition of that in terms of a film they can the story can be true in terms of telling it it is what actually happened so so again the true story is this dude murdered someone and said that he was possessed by a demon so more more than that, more than that. So here's I have the actual definitions. Here. Please do. Based on a true story means the locations and names are real, but the events are slightly fictionalized. Mm-hmm. And and then the other one is inspired by a true story means the locations and names are made up, but the events are largely real. Huh, so this being based on a true story, the names and locations are real. This is an actual event that took place. And even, even the main characters, um, Lorraine, or yeah, Lorraine, is that her name? The, I think the, so. The wife? Yeah. yeah She's Le- actually, she, that's a real person. Lorraine Warren was a real person. Yeah, dude, dude. At, Lorraine was in the first Conjuring movie. She was a cameo. 
Right. She's had she's had consulting duties on all the Conjuring series up until her death in yep. uh, yeah. April. I mean, of that was made obvious at the end of the film when, you know, they were showing all those actual. And they do that stuff. in every Conjuring film at the end is they do the okay. real pictures at the end of every one. Right. And then they show the real crime pictures. So there was there was actually a little boy who was possessed. There was actually an exorcism that took place. And then there was an actual murder about 10 days later committed by the, the boy's sister's boyfriend and he right. claimed to have been possessed and even on in the trial his lawyer did want to use the demonic possession um defense but the judge would not let him do that so it actually didn't go to full court case which is another aspect i wanted to bring up what how are what are your thoughts on the trailer versus the actual content that we got the trailer was better like and that's what annoyed me is like my wife and i were so excited when this trailer dropped my wife because this is a movie that we share her and i this series and we were like oh shit we thought that they weren't going to make any more and they're making another one and then the tra the trailer in the movie dude i just felt like i got two different things 100 percent. the trailer to me looked like it was more about the, the courtroom trial yes. and all that stuff yes we didn't get any of that no hmm. what was the what's the you said his name the character the main character's name um adam lorraine warren yeah yeah what was the Patrick, he, Patrick. I, uh, oh, the guy who plays him. Yeah, Patrick Wilson. That's it. Wilson. What are you? What was, are you doing? Was in um, God. What's that movie? Um, I'm having a brain fart. I'm gonna look it up right now. Is it I another horror in, movie? Yes. Insidious. In a couple. Yeah. Insidious. Insidious. That yes, thing. love those movies. So I loved. I didn't see any other ones, but I saw the first Insidious and loved it. Um, Second one it was, was just a, as good. Oh, okay. Well, I I felt like Insidious. Third one really played on the creepiness um, and there was a bit of a startle factor uh, but I think the way that it built up to the startle is important mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of what I was hoping for especially when you see that same person you're like oh maybe this is going to be similar um, obviously there's a lot of hype around these conjuring movies too so I just figured oh, I'm getting I'm going to get a little bit of everything I will agree I, I was not really scared throughout the movie um, you know, demonic possessions and, uh, you know, stuff like that don't really um, do it for me. Uh, but I will say overall, I think I enjoyed the movie more than Rocco did. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, I think so, overall, I think I was satisfied with the movie. Um, okay. Well, hang on, hang on. Yeah. Don't get in, don't get into revealing um, if you liked or disliked the movie or what, what the reasons were. Yeah. We'll go through all of that. Okay. I do want to point out that, um, the tagline for this movie was the demonic case that shocked America, which is case, crazy because that tagline also plays on courtroom, you know, and, and stuff like that. And we, we still didn't get any of that, which is None. very frustrating. Um, I will say that this is not the first movie about this case, this demonic really? case. Yeah, the first movie was a, a movie called The Demon Murder Case. It was a 1983 made for TV movie starring Kevin Bacon. Of course. So that's definitely something that you should go wow. back and never watch because I don't know. It might, it might actually be better than this one. I'm not really sure. Right. But it was about the same case. Same exact case. Yeah. The, the devil in Connecticut is the book that the Warrens wrote about this case, which is obviously the inspiration for both movies, but um, well, very different approaches. I just remembered something, Dan, you'll hmm. love this. The first movie is the first conjuring film is about a family that moves into a house that is very, very, very haunted. And the dad of the four girls 
all different ages is played by fucking Peter Gibbons from uh, the off from office space. Wow. And seeing him in a horror movie, he was fantastic. Oh, he was okay. Fantastic. Wow. Maybe I should give some of these a more of a shot. I don't know. The, the first two films, guys, I'm, I'm highly recommended. I've anyway. never been a big horror movie person. I mean, I don't mind watching them, but that's never usually my go-to. They were yeah. clever, though. The stories were clever. And you know when a movie gives you a story, and then at the end, you're like, oh, I love how they pulled that back, or they drew that back, or they circled back to that. And you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, that's so creative. You're like, yes, the writers yeah. were, asl- were not asleep. I didn't get that in this um, movie. I didn't feel that. Well, there, there were some things that I liked about I, I don't want to go too in, into it, but I know we weren't going to talk really too much of plot, but in the beginning, um, I think it was clear to me, at least, that they were referencing the exorcism. Yes, the homage in that shot. Several. Yeah, so I'm not crazy. Thank you. So when when the priest gets out of the car. Yes. And it's clearly at night with the with the um, street light behind him and the silhouette. The the homage shot. I mean, it was it was clearly an homage to the exorcist. And I love when a filmmaker is saying, look, I'm not the first one to do this. I was clearly inspired by all these great movies before me. Um, and and this, I think that's special. And, and I, think it's, um, I think it's humbling, too, because it says, I know I'm not the greatest, and you should watch this movie instead. I, I, um, give, I give Warner Brothers a lot of credit for coming up with the idea of the shared universe with the horror franchise. I mean, yes, yeah, you're not going to be making the, the box office that, that a Marvel universe is going to make. Yeah. But it's, it's, listen, you're paving your own path. It's your own idea. It's great. I wish they would have had the idea in the beginning. I think the universe would have been a little more coherent and well laid out, but they'll know that for next time. And there's no reason why they can't keep this going. No, agreed. Yeah. And the Annabelle movies, um, you know, we, we first introduced to Annabelle in the first Conjuring and she has a very small role very small but she's so terrifying that they had an offshoot of three annabelle films annabelle creation annabelle comes home and annabelle and those three movies again were back to the what i call this whole this whole universe is adventure horror there is there is a solid story between between all of them and and you're getting the horror aspect. And that's what I really like. And Insidious was the same way. There was a good, coherent, solid story that went with it. And I enjoyed it. You know, I, that's the kind of horror I, I want. I want a good story with my shitting my pants. And I'm not watching it for hand stuff. I'm not in high school. Well, you're you're you seem to know what you're talking about with this horror stuff. There was a movie not too long ago, and it's based on a true story as well. Um, because I listened to a podcast about this particular real actual story. Um, it's a doll. It's a boy's like little doll. And um, the doll is actually in Key West, Florida. You can go see it or you can see the house or whatever. But like it would come alive and like talk to the boy. And, like, why, why would you want to go see this? Why? Our I friends, why people uh, do this. Josh and Ray Ray have been there and <laughs> seen it they're uh, insane on the outside um, that's great like if you know there's a doll like, it's the same thing that people do like skydiving like people have died from this mm-hmm. why do you do this it makes no sense to me but like again it's or get up on a roof like real people <laughs> have heard the thing walking around upstairs ghost hunters <laughs> or, or they have no. those those things where i want to do that of, 
Of course you do. Why, Ghost hunting? Why? Yeah, I would do it too. It's fun. It's silly. If you, and, but if it's also could be real. And you fu- like it's the same thing if you're hunting Bigfoot. Do I think Bigfoot is real? No. Am I willing to risk running into him in the woods? Absolutely not. I seen some shit. Off. I oh seen some my shit. God. What do you have a Bigfoot story? Not Bigfoot. <laughs> not big. I know. I don't know about Bigfoot. I've never seen Bigfoot. I'm saying like to ghost hunt. I'm. I wouldn't be really that afraid. I, I've. I've uh, tried oh, to yeah. catch stuff before, and I've gotten an EVP once. In fact, I'm still looking for the episode out of the 130 episodes we have. There You're is a dis- me an EVP. Listen, there's an ex- there's a distinct EVP in one of our episodes. Oh please. What is what is EVP? Uh, uh, electronic voice phenomenon. So it's a voice that you don't hear while you're recording, but it comes up in the recording. So it's like someone's in the room talking, but you can't hear them in real time. But when you play the recording back, they're there. And there is we're recording on a Sunday morning. It's probably JR's episode. No, it's not. It should be, though. Right. That would be wild um, because that he's possessed. Um, but anyway, I'm going to find it. I feel like it's season four. I, I don't know. All right, out of our 20 fans, write us, text us. Send us a letter. If you, have, if you have a clip of this, yeah, you, you can send it to me. Let us know. I'm, I'm literally still looking for it. I've been looking for it for fucking weeks. Here's what I'll do. Here's how did you I'll... how did you know this? Did someone tell you? No. So I was I was listening back to the episode and. It was right. I'll put it this way, Dan. I uh, I heard it and I was excited about it. Then a whole that all that court shit with me happened and I kind of didn't have time to find an EVP. So we just kept right. recording shows. That's what happened. Lo and behold, a- you're not allowed back in Wyoming. Okay. <laughs> I heard about that story. Fuck Wyoming. Yeah, yeah right. No, okay, but so what were you going to say? What were you going to say, Bob? You here's, were gonna what say- I was gonna say. here's what I'm willing to do. I want proof of this EVP. Um, am I saying EVP? Am I yeah, saying you're right? saying it right. Okay. The, whoever can send you a clip of this, the first person to do so, I, I will give a gift box away to. So for listeners of the show, of my show, you know that I have, a, I have a gift box full of pop culture stuff that I give out as prizes. Um, if, if you get a clip, you let me know, and that whoever sends it to you will get a gift box. Ricky has already won a gift box from us, and apparently he wishes every episode. So, Ricky, get <laughs> on go, it. Ricky, Ricky, the ball's in your court, my friend. I thank you. That's very generous. That's awesome. So, yes, let's, let's do that. So if you, you heard, Bob, you heard. In the prize box will be one of Rocco's most prized Funko Pop uh, dolls. <laughs> Not a dolls. chance. Not a chance in hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. Um, so anyway, Bob, let's continue on. So where, where are also, we? At hold on. Where are we? At? I, what do you guys? Hold on real quick. What do you guys think about the some of the symbolism in the movie? Also, like, for example, the rats. I noticed the rat was used as, as a symbol of uh, vermin an unwanted thing in your home which draws this parallel with the ghosts etc or or demon yeah i honestly did not get that i'm not even being smart i didn't even notice there was rats i do want to throw in real quick though that dan Aykroyd is a huge huge ghost fanatic so rocco if you ever get the chance to meet dan Aykroyd, definitely talk to him about that so if i ever got the chance to meet dan Aykroyd, right that's the first thing after I'd stop crying and just in, in incoherently babbling in front of him, right, right, then I'll right. try and muster the, those words to say right. minus. Thank you ghost. for Ghostbusters. Have a drink with him. He has his own vodka, too. Yeah, right. Ugh. But anyway, anyway, but yeah, I, I didn't get the rat reference. Yeah, I the, mean rats, the rats were all over that movie. The Remember the cereal box that was moving and it fell over? 
Yep, oh, I do remember yeah, that. Yeah, the yeah. rat came out of that, ran away. That's what caused him to go look in that hole that was rotting through the wood. And then there were rats um, underneath the house that were playing around. Uh, the, the dripping of, of the whatever was coming down from the floorboards. Right. Mm-hmm. So in the crawl yep. space underneath, there were rats there, too. It's just this clear symbol of, of vermin that you want out of your house. Yeah. Wow. We have to go. Maybe maybe that changes the movie for me. Let's let's find out if any of us you know liked or disliked this movie. Typically on my show, we do three questions to determine um, if we like this movie. We don't really have time for that right now. We're going to shrink this down to one question. So um, let's go. Let's go with actually. You know what? Let's each do a question. So Rocco, your question is: What was the message of the film, and do you agree with it? Dan, your question is. How did the movie leave you feeling? And do you think it was intentional? And then I will take what was the most important sequence in the film? Go ahead, Rocco, you're up. Um, I would say, uh, to me, a central portion of the film would have to be around responsibility. Um, You know, uh, the dad and his daughter being into witchcraft or whatever, at the end of the film, he finally said it was her, you know, like that that was my it was my daughter like taking responsibility for what he did the same time, the young man who was possessed, you know, uh, he was possessed by a demon, but still doing his best to take responsibility for what happened. I think in my mind, while watching this film, that's what I got out of it is, is that kind of, you know, what you do has a ripple effect that can affect other people. Like for instance, old, the old man, like I said, you know, he he had exposed his daughter to all these things. It had the adverse effect. She became a witch. She made some weird ass totems, um, you know, and if my daughter starts making totems, I don't know. She's going to have to move out. Um, good. I like it. So listen, for her birthday, I, I bought your daughter a box of dead bird skulls. <laughs> you can't return it necessarily, but I won't be offended if you regift it. I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't kill and skin the birds yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, next question. Yeah. Uh, Dan, you're up. Okay. What was my question? How did the movie leave you feeling? And do you think it was intentional? What movie? (laughs) Such an (laughs) asshole. Um, The movie left me feeling satisfied. I think that's the word I really like to use here. Um, Or even pleasantly surprised. Because maybe I went in with, you know, kind of thinking that it might not be that great. Um, and I do think it was intentional. I think it was 100% intentional. I think the movie lays out a problem and then you see that problem fixed for someone like me. That's very satisfying to see. <laughs> um, your OCD caused you to like this movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know go so far as OCD, but honestly, like, you know, I don't want to get too gender specific here, but like as a man, like when I see a problem, I like to see it resolved. You know, people come to me with problems, they bitch and moan, and then when I give them an option of of how to solve it, they go, no, well, then don't come to me with your problems, because if I have an issue, I like to solve it. I mean, it's not that hard. Thank you. (laughs) So the problem in this story is that there are demonic possessions and 
problem solved. You know, the demons are, are taken care of. They are expunged. Um, but furthermore, I think I was pleasantly surprised by the character development that you brought up, Rocco. Um, I, I did like how they tied in some of those other movies about how it was a universe. I mean, that weird like room that they had of all these artifacts that they've collected oh, from all the cases that they've done. I yes. thought that was a nice little touch. I mean, I saw the nun thing on the wall. I was like, oh, I know what that is. Nicely yeah. placed, too. Very creepy because it's looking at you. Yes, yes. You know, they didn't have it on the side wall where you could sort of see it. It was directly looking at you as the, as the shot came out. Yep. Um, stuff like that where everything tied together. I thought that the character development was wonderful. At the end of the movie, I just kind of felt like they did it. They won. Now, did I have problems with the movie? Of course. But at the end of the day, I felt satisfied. It was an itch. The demons were giving me an itch. And the itch was solved. It was scratched. I, I'm so glad you said that because you reminded me of something. And thank you. Mm. Is that if you are a comic book reader, there is a companion comic series that is out. And if you if you're gonna try and read number one and then watch this movie, the comic mm. book series. Do you guys remember when the police officer was talking about the two girls that were missing? And mm -hmm. one of them. OK, so the comic book starts. One of those girls is going away to college. Right. And that witch, you see the witch making the totem. And so that altar that like Ed flipped at the end yeah. was like a central piece of the comic book. And the comic explored a lot of that and a lot of the girls, the two best friends. But they weren't actually best friends. They were actually like each other. And the parents didn't know. <laughs> Welcome to Pride Month here on Critical Mass, right? right? Where we, instead of just saying gay or lesbian, we do a V finger to the mouth and make a blah, blah, blah sound. I mean, I understand what you're saying. That's my voice. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, uh, it's it, it's seriously. So yeah. that's what the comic book is about. So that was another thing is like my, my wife did get annoyed because I was like from the comic, from the comic, from well, the comic, from yeah, the comic. Be very annoying to watch movies with. You know this, Dan. You've watched many with me. But anyway. So that, that brings us to my question, which what was the most important sequence of the movie? In my opinion, I think the most important sequence is when uh, Lorraine is going to see the, the priest for the second time. Yes. Because there's so much suspense there of like, you clearly know he's involved. How is he involved? Is he going to be good? Is he going to be bad? They start explaining about his daughter and it still doesn't clarify things because you're like, is he going to be on his daughter's side? And it's kind of a surprise to see that he was, you know, kind of a good guy and was helping him out. So I like that sequence. I think it was good. But uh, I mean, ultimately, we got to ask ourselves, was this a good movie? I'll start. Um, I, I, yeah, I think it was a good movie. That's what it was, though. Like, that's it. It was a good movie. Um, I liked a lot of it. Oh, uh, the kid that he was like, I don't care what you got to tell for that sequence you just brought up where he said, I don't care what you got to tell him. Just get the cops out there. Like when he realizes that she's that that old dude is involved. She's in danger. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So that's the same kid from the first Conjuring film. And um, by the way, in the beginning of the movie, when he said, oh, look at these beautiful flowers we got from the parent family, the parent family is the family from the first movie that they helped. So that oh, was crazy. Yeah. So things like that. I like I love that. And I noticed that. But again, it was missing the super scary, like terrifying, like the Conjuring 2 had that nun that there was a nun painting sequence that to this day 
I have trouble even watching that scene because it's so scary. Um, <laughs> in, in the first yeah. movie, um, there is a scene with a, a person being hung that I still have. I still struggle with. It's giving me like it's making my hair stand on end right now as I talk about it. That was missing from this movie. Those yeah. moments were missing from this movie. And for me, that is why it will just be good. I love these characters. I love Adam Lorraine. I love what the, the actors and the actor and actress have done with them. And that's why it's good. But it wasn't great. Yeah, but shouldn't a movie stand by itself, Rocco? I mean, why does every movie have to be the same? It's not going to conjure the same feelings. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> he set it up himself and then knocked it down. It was great. I uh, applaud you. Uh, is this okay? <laughs> at the at the state fair, at the county fair, whatever. You have a big hammer mallet. You smack it on the on the little thingy, and then a a, a little light or a metal piece slides up and hopefully rings the bell, right? And if you hit that bell, you get the giant teddy bear. But at some of these places, if you hit it and you get most of the way up, but you don't hit the bell, you still get a prize. That's what this movie is for me. It doesn't ring my bell. But I still think it deserves credit. And I will say that on the scale of whether being good or bad, I think it just slightly falls into the good category. I think this movie did a lot of things right. I think that personally, when I watch a horror film, I struggle a lot with the writing, um, just as far as the script goes. Um, some of the things that come out of their mouth, what they say when they choose to say it. I don't even sometimes really blame the actors. A lot of times, in my opinion, that's just a writing issue. One issue that I had with this movie when it comes to writing was the final sequence um, when the witch realizes that she did not bring the third soul to the devil, and therefore she has to go back. The actor Patrick, what's his name, Wilson, has to literally explain that to the audience. Yeah. Oh, you didn't get your third soul, and you made a deal with the devil. Now he has to take you as his third soul. He's literally saying that to a witch. Who knows that? So that was frustrating for me from a writing standpoint that was, ugh. But it didn't really ruin the whole thing for me. And I will agree that that was the most important sequence. That tension, that buildup, the vulnerability of that scene was amazing. And the way that, I'm, first of all, from a costume standpoint, from a makeup standpoint, whoever that actress is that played the witch did a fantastic job. She was fucking creepy as hell. She walks into that basement scene. It, you just know it's not going to go well. And there's that relationship between father and daughter, that tension where he knows he's going to have to kill her. He pulls out the revolver and sets it right on the, on the desk. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. this is not going to go well. So I, I just think the whole, that whole sequence, that whole scene, the final stuff, I mean, you could tell it was clearly the climax of the movie. Um, I really liked it, but that one little bit at the end there I could have done without. Um, but for the most part, yeah, it was a good movie. Was it a great horror film? No, but it was a good movie. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, do I feel like I wasted my time? No. Uh, would I watch it again? Probably not. I, yeah. I think there probably was there's probably some kind of additive there if you have seen more in the series. Yeah, like Rocco mentioned you you pick up the little nuances and that definitely adds to a movie. So I feel yes. like if I was a fan of the series, I might hold this a little higher than I do. Um, but having this be my first one to watch. 
like it, it wasn't scary. It didn't stand on its own. Um, it was okay. I, I wouldn't even go as far as saying it was good. I would say it was okay. I don't mm. feel like I wasted my time. I definitely wouldn't watch it again. Well, I just, I wanted to look something up to be certain. And that's what I just did. Um, this is the first conjuring film, not directed by James Wan. Correct. And I think that we saw that big difference. I think, I think he, he was sorely missed because that man can, can have a story and make you shit your pants. And there, the shitting pants factor just wasn't there. Yeah, here, here's the issue Warner Brothers is running into. Um, they are not doing what Marvel's doing. They're looking at the horror genre and they're continuing to do horror genre things. Um, and usually when it comes to horror movies, this is this is why Jennifer Aniston's first movie was a horror movie, why Kevin Bacon's first movie was a horror movie, because horror movies have notoriously small budgets. You can make a horror movie super cheap. And you also take that into consideration when finding a director. The, the director for this movie is Michael Chaves. Um, yeah. You've never heard of him because he's directed only five other films. But and he did The films... Curse of La Lorna. Right. Which exactly. was good. It was a good movie. Th those films were not blockbusters. No. Uh, and I would no. say they barely gave him experience in directing. And mm -hmm. for a director to advance in his career and stick in the same horror genre, I, I, I don't think, I think this was Warner Brothers trying to be cheap. And they got a bad story and they got a bad director, in my opinion. And the fact that they were able to get something that was at least watchable out of it. I mean, it's already made almost double its budget. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's huge. And, and now how much of that is the Conjuring name carrying forward? Who knows? Sure, like, sure. That, you're going to find that out in week two and week three with how much it drops. If it drops significantly, that word of mouth isn't getting out there and people aren't going to watch it. Now, I... I I agree. I really personally think that straight up the conjuring name carried this film period um, sure. because sure. and and I have spoken to a lot of people um, online and and in person that were like, what the fuck, man, like conjuring one conjuring two, scared like I couldn't even sleep scared the shit out of me. Right. And they were good. Yeah. But like this one, like I literally there was nothing scary. Nothing fucking scary happened. Right. By the way, I think Patrick Wilson's best role is Fargo season two. Just so you know. I did not see that. I'll have to add it to my list. Oh, um, I do oh you wanna... need to watch Fargo. Please watch Fargo. The all movie seasons. didn't give me enough to care about the TV show. Uh, they're... Please watch. Just watch. <laughs> well, I'll give it two episodes. That's why I give everything two episodes. Um, but one of the things we love to do on Gutsy Media is we love to play a little game called Guess That Tomato. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. Yes. They have both a critic score and an audience score. And what I like to do is I like to ask my guests if they can guess what the audience score is for the movie we're talking about. So for you guys, that's 2021's Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It. So we'll start with uh, Dan. Dan, what do you think the audience score is on Rotten Tomatoes for this movie? Right. So typically I think that audiences give the movie too much credit in this case when it comes to horror i think a lot of people are like rocco where they're like oh i have an expectation if you don't hit that expectation then it's shit um i.e m night Shyamalan films where people are like oh it didn't scare me like six cents did so that means it's a bad movie um not to make fun of you rocco i'm not really pointing a finger at you but let, that being said <laughs> that being said I think that people might be disappointed with this and it hasn't been out that long. So based on the small amount of reviews it's probably received, I'm going to go in the 
forties. Audience, you're saying audience? Audience yeah. score. Yeah. So are you saying is what 45? Yeah, 45. 45 it is. You're locked in. Rocco, what do you think? Audience, <laughs> audience score, I'm gonna say 68. 45 and 68. Okay, now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you a couple clues and then we're gonna reevaluate what you guys think. So what I will tell you is that 170 critics gave this movie an average score of 59. I'm also going to give yeah. you three movies that are within two points of the audience score of this one. So they're within two points, plus or minus. Okay. Movie number one, Baby Frankenstein. Now, typically on my show, what I do is I do movies that people know, but I could <laughs> not. This is a movie I found, Baby Frankenstein. It's on Rotten Tomatoes. And I just keep this in the back of your mind. Here's the plot summary for Baby Frankenstein. After Lance stumbles upon this, quote, little dude, he enlists the help of Truth, the sassy girl next door, to help him hide baby Frankenstein from Ken, his mysterious actual owner. Okay, yeah, I think I'm closer on this one. So we've okay. got to watch this movie. When so did that's... that come out? When did baby Frankenstein come out? I don't know. I can look it up. I mean, is it like. I, it's re it's relatively recent. I would What's say the recent. second movie. I gotta know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Movie, movie number two, Predestination. Oh. Ethan Hawk's masterpiece about folding time and hunting to find where one person's story ends and the next begins. And I just a, a shameless plug here. This is currently number two on my top ten. If you've seen my YouTube channel, I'm going to be doing a second top ten um, in between season two and season three of the podcast, where I'm going to be reshuffling the movies. So will it stay number two? I don't know. We'll have to find out. Wow. wow. Okay. Well, that. That changes things for me. If it's if this is within two points of a movie you consider in your top ten, number three and your Yikes. final movie. Okay, the girl with all the gifts. What happens when a zombie outbreak threatens to destroy all life on Earth? If the only hope left someone we can trust, this is going to be July twenty second's movie that we cover on the show, the girl oh, wow. with all the gifts. It's in a special episode. That is called Movies You Should Read. It's a movie based on a book. And my <laughs> special guest that episode has actually read the book. So we have some insight on, nice. on the text versus the movie. You're throwing July me. 22nd. This is tough because you're looking at these audiences that would watch these types of movies. Right. Especially Baby so maybe Frankenstein. It's, maybe it's higher. That baby, someone who watches Baby Frankenstein is probably going to love it no matter what. So Dan, what do you think? Are you now I'm gonna have to now I'm gonna have to bump mine way up. I might go. I'm gonna go with sixty-eight. Sixty-eight, Rocco. You had sixty-eight. Are you gonna change yours? You know what, Dan? I love you so much. Let's do this together, baby. Tickle, tickle, tickle. <laughs> sixty-eight. The, the actual tickle. Rotten Tomatoes audience score for 2021's The Conjuring: The Double Made Me Do It is eighty-four. Wow. Eighty-four. <laughs> <laughs> we lose that's insane yeah. that oh is very high yeah, I mean, again as i've said on your show and pretty much everybody agrees audiences <laughs> rank higher than the critics that's true right? absolutely i mean well I think, no Star i don't think it's always higher i think sometimes it's lower but it's always a huge swing it's always the opposite mm. of what the critics rate it right. so if you look at uh, a big case study for this is um the last jedi um had a how many times in an episode can you bring up star wars had a <laughs> uh critic score was very high audience score was very low 
And then hmm. when you did Rise of Skywalker, it was exact opposite. Almost, which, almost exact which opposite. Which Rise of Skywalker? The final episode nine. The final as of right now. I mean, <laughs> well, knows? they're done with the Skywalker series. They they can't. God damn it. Please be done with it. <laughs> um, but okay. anyway, that's proof positive to that. So anyway, um, Bob, was there anything? What? Do, how do we? No, I just I, thank you so much for letting me do this little snippet. It was a great time. I, I appreciate the movie suggestion. It's probably a movie I wouldn't have watched otherwise. Awesome. That I'm happy to hear. Dude, I yeah. love doing this joint thing. And I've, I have I know I said this when you first came on and Dan was really late um, is uh, <laughs> when I was saying that I was I've honestly fucking even, bring it up. I, I quit. Know. All right. Well, we'll see you later. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Right, a like a long time coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I've been thinking about this episode all day. I've been super excited to do this, so I'm just super happy that you're here. Um, but when we come back after these messages, we're gonna do everybody's favorite part of the show, fuck you, where we just a bitch about I don't know, God knows what. We'll be right back. Serenity now. We got a read here for Ridley's gaming realm. This is a great place to buy, sell, trade, or discuss video games. This is a secured Facebook group with 1,500 members and climbing. Now, the big thing is, is that with a lot of these buy, sell, trade video game groups on Facebook, there's a lot of scams, a lot of people that'll take their money and, and, and never send you the product. Well, they are proud to say that they have zero reported scams ever in this group. So be sure to check out Ridley's Gaming Realm. Whether you're looking to grow your collection or get uh, that new game that's been tough to find, make sure that you check out Ridley's Gaming Realm. You go to Facebook.com and search for Ridley's Gaming Realm. From the far reaches of the galaxy to an internet location near you, we're Don'tForgetATowel.com, your daily source for geeky pop culture news, reviews, interviews, and so much more. So as you're hitchhiking your way through the universe, don't forget to travel safe, and don't forget a towel. That's our fuck you music, folks. I got a lot of problems with you people! Now, you're gonna hear about it! All right. Thank yeah, you. You get Frank. better every time. Thank you. Do, do you practice you. in your time off? I do. Um, so what little time I have is basically from midnight until 3 a.m. I come down here into the basement and I just tinker with it with the keys. You know, I tickle the ivories. You're very good. Uh, I want to start our fuck you section off with a little thing. Uh, it's a throwback. It's a throwback to a time when Rocco and I lived together. Oh, man. No this good mother, could come of this. This piece of shit. Now listen, when you live with people, the most important thing is is not disgusting them. Remember, Bob, what I said to you before Dan came on. <laughs> this is <laughs> great. I, I can't wait. I'm what did so you say to part of this? I want you to finish your thought and then I'm gonna tell you. Okay, so this is like watching your favorite band perform. If you had a if you had a friend who was disgusted by seafood. 
Oh. You would not go out of your way to cook tuna. Who cooks or, tuna? I don't know. I don't know how it works. It's You're, all gross. To you me. got problems. This piece of shit goes to the store and buys little cans of Vienna sausage. I did do that. And and what 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 was the fish? Oh, uh, sardines, like cans sardines. of sardines. He bought yep. cans of sardines and Vienna sausages. Yeah. And just like a little Italian old man opens them and just starts eating these little black fish. You would have thought disgusting. You ate sardines. I love sardines. Fresh Vienna oh sausages. You would have thought I, I you would have thought Dan was eating cereal and I shit in the bowl while Folks, he was eating it. Folks, like, that's how angry, a, angry we had got. a three bedroom, two bathroom townhouse. Oh, first world problems. I couldn't tell you the square footage. It was huge. And the entire place reeked of old man. What was the dick. roof footage? What was the footage of the roof? <laughs> I, I am purple right now. I'm laughing so hard. So hang on. So let me get this straight. You you lived with somebody who ate anchovies fresh out of the tin, and that wasn't sardines. Grounds. How did I mean six to one half a dozen? How did not not end your friendship right there? That's insane. It almost did. It and almost did. What I said to Bob before you came on was that I had to move out to maintain our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> no, you had to move out because you were out of money. Well, that that's true too. You fucking. But- the only reason you could even afford living there is because you were using student loan money to pay for housing. Absolutely. I love and when and when you when you weren't going to school anymore. Um, oh God, school! I don't even remember going. Then then that that money withered up, and you're like, well, I guess uh, sucking dick behind dumpsters behind the OTB isn't going to really cut it anymore. It's not well, going to. They have OnlyFans, so you're you're set, Rago. I should. You, you could do a lot with that. Well, I oh, love yeah. how you have kept this bottled up for how many years, and <laughs> now it comes out on season D. <laughs> we'll have to check oh. the tape. It may have come out before. I don't know. <laughs> I but don't just, remember. Uh, you complain about me a lot. You fucking triggered me, so I had to bring it up. You're I feel so like triggered. I feel like you have like uh, PTSD from living with Rocco. Like you just have these random flashbacks. Can I? I My have wife, listen to this. I'm a victim here. Okay, hold on. Oh, here we go. I hate see. I hate seafood. It grosses me. No, you're out. afraid of it. You're if genuinely scared of it. The, the Dan orders below, a steak at Red Lobster. That's the guy he is. I, we went through Just this. I'm there for the shit. Cheddar Bay biscuits. Okay, and the steak. The step. The step below having an allergy is where I'm at. Okay, <laughs> I'm not going to die from it, but I'm so grossed out. I Dan put posted that crustaceans are just bugs under the sea and they, they were all uh, gross. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't care. They're tasty. I mean, scientifically, you're not wrong, but they're, they're tasty. I mean, so somebody who loves I love uh, squid. I love fish, lobster, crab. Anything. So good. So I'd good. rather eat a human baby. There, uh, dude, that's that's going, that's saying something. Wegmans has some like prepared uh, seafood and it's like lobster on top of pretzels and, and lobster mac and cheese. Oh, it's amazing. Ruin other foods. So <laughs> my point is that I, I hate seafood. And then every time my wife and I go to a, a, a decent restaurant, she orders scallops. Good for her. 
the most fishiest, disgusting smelling thing you, you could You would rather her be obedient of. to you and not get that? Dan likes to order for her. What I'd like, <laughs> what I've asked her to do. I, to she will fair. have anything of equal or lesser value. What I what, yeah. the coupon and water thing. and Sense. water. No Says lemon. The entree from the left side of the menu. <laughs> no. What I'm saying is go out with your girlfriends and have that. Why, why do you have to order it every single time we're together? You're an awful so, husband. Rocco, did, you, did you eat this on purpose? Were you intentionally? No. To, like, I, I just thought it he was doesn't yummy. care about other people. I, did you I mean, him, did you warn him when you moved in? Like, no, I thought he was an adult. No eating, no eating seafood <laughs> in the kitchen. Like I thought, he, your room. I thought he was an adult and I just could eat it. You know, oh my God. Do you remember you'd come to the office with fucking like some tuna sort of salad? Tuna it was just tuna salad. <laughs> tuna Not salad. casserole. It was regular tuna salad with mayonnaise. Oh, we're and, talking about a nine foot by nine foot office with three and Dan people would fr- in it. I can't, I can't oh. work in here if he's going to eat that. I got to go. <laughs> Dude, Aaron had a, had a seafood allergy too. I didn't know that. If I would have known that, I wouldn't have done that. I mean, it was the shellfish. I'm picturing Rocco taking out like a tuna fish, like meatloaf, just a giant brick. Right? Of oh, God. It was just so gross. He'd eat it right in front of me, too. Yeah. yeah. Dan would be over no there dry heaving. There's no ventilation <gasps> there. Oh, Nasty. God. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention, uh, Bob, we also shared an office for about a year. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Oh. I have to just I'll I Dan and I living together. One of my one of my favorite stories now, it's one of those things that you look at in retrospect and you laugh about is Dan would tell me. Clean your hair out of the shower because I have very long pubes. That's well, it's not even the length of your pubes. We're not. It's not an issue. You, you shed a lot. Yes, I do. So Dan Molting. would say, Dan would say, clean your pubes out of the shower. And I would say, I'll get to it. And I just would never do it. And and so I'm drunk, pissed drunk one night and I get back and I go every up night. In, yeah, that's true. I go up into my bedroom and I just put my head, you know, when you just throw yourself into bed. And I put my head on my pillow and I just felt wetness on the side of my face. And when I lifted my head up, there was clearly something wet and stuck oh to the side God. of my head. I so turned. You got to check the tape on this. I think you told this exact same story last time I was on the show. The, uh, oh, my God. Oh, I my God. Was. You got to check the tape, but I'm almost positive. OK, well, that is it something pubes. about me that reminds you of, of your pubes. No, just living with Dan reminds me of pubes <laughs> and his beard. Um, but let's go to my fuck you. I'll, I'll make this quick. Um, you ever you ever like you're stopped and you want to like turn right. You want to make a left. But there's a dude. There's a person coming. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you look to your right and there's a bunch of pedestrians coming. And you want this person to just go past you. So then you can make a left before the pedestrians come. Mm-hmm. But that person is driving a Prius and they're driving so slow. They might as well be idling. And all the pedestrians get to the front of your car right by the time they pass you. So you now are just waiting for the pedestrians. Like, honestly, fuck you to that guy. Like, like drive faster. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. Just like drive, just drive like a normal human being to everyone that is on the road while I'm on the road. You are not important. I am important. When I'm driving, I become a Republican. (laughs) I don't care about anyone else. 
Right. Okay. That's so true. Isn't it? Okay. I am I am a driving Republican. You are not important. Only I am. And that is how I, I I am when I'm driving. Fuck you. Just get out of the way. Just get out of the way. If you're not going at least 10 miles an hour over the speed limit, you are useless you guys, to me. And I hope that you die. Can you guys see this? So it's backwards, but Rocco says, My fuck you has to do with pedestrians crossing. That's what he told me the other day. My my response was simply bastards. I mean, where do they get off? Right? I was Walking texting around. while driving. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't forget because Dan's text messages to Dan is my notepad. Right. <laughs> I'm I'm with you. I mean, who hasn't been on the road? You're just screaming. Other car. I drove from here to Florida, which will actually lead us into my fuck you. But I've and, done it. 18 twice. hours. Oh, my mm. God. Nobody knows how to drive in any state. No. No, no. If you don't have New York plates, you don't know how to drive. Dude, Florida drivers, though, are either going 30 miles an hour under the fucking speed limit because they're 90 or they're going 30 miles over the speed limit because they're drunk, hick pieces of shit. I literally said the exact same thing. I don't know what it is about Florida Dude. drivers. They're, they're, it's, a, it's Nobody's going the speed limit. Not even close. No one's going like a, an acceptable range of speed. It's I either like they all got the together. Out of the way. They all got together and said, listen, as long as we average the speed limit, we're good. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, just yeah. Honestly, F. I constantly hope that my family makes it out. But then the rest of the state is swallowed by a hurricane and it just kills everyone. Like, I just want my family to escape into yeah. Georgia and above. But everyone else right. can just be gone. Just wash them away into into the Atlantic. I, like, I disagree. I think we all need that crazy part of the zoo that we can go and poke every once in a while just to you know, <laughs> throw food at. That's that's Florida. If Florida goes away, true. Texas is up next. So, oh yeah. God, Texas, yeah. so, a, fra- a, a state so fragile, you need to carry an AR-15 to go to Starbucks. <laughs> heroes God. everywhere, uh, right? That's but like Bob, a fucking Marvel movie down there. Like, oh my everywhere. God! <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Bob, you're fuck you, please. So this, this is perfect timing. When you uh, called me and let me know I was going to be on the show, I got super excited after my boner weared away. Um, I actually had an event happen. I, like I said, I went to Florida on vacation. Coming back, we stop at the Hilton Garden Inn in Florida. Hilton Garden Inn. And we had to purchase breakfast in addition to the room. So they don't have content of breakfast. You pay the extra $10 or whatever, and you get like an actual breakfast. They'll make omelets for you. It's great. We stayed there two nights. We had the breakfast the first morning. It was amazing. The second morning, the sign in the lobby says that on the weekday that we're driving back, the breakfast starts at six o'clock. So we're like, perfect. We're going to be up and packed by 530. We're going to grab a quick bite. and We're going to hit the road. And we get down to the lobby about 10 after six and a lady standing there and nobody else is around. So I ask her, Hey, where the hell's the breakfast? And her response to me is breakfast doesn't start till seven. And I said, bullshit, your sign right there says it starts at six. And she said, the sign's wrong. We haven't changed it yet. And and I'm I'm like, okay, well, not only are you telling me that I'm not going to get a breakfast for me and my family, including my two small children, but I've paid for this already. So what's going to be done to make this right? And her response to me was, I can give you guys some bananas and apples to take with you. And burn, I was like, burn the place to the ground. 
I was like, are you effing kidding me? So I got We're going to need, no, we're going to need latitude, longitude. We're going to need addresses. <laughs> I'm going tonight. We're going to mobilize. I couldn't believe it. We have a and, unit and, down in Florida right now. I knew this was the right place to say this because I've, I've listened, obviously, like I've said before, I'm a huge fan of the show. I know Rocco, you and I share something very, very specific, which I didn't think was unique. I thought it was common fucking human courtesy. If you're wrong, that's fine. I don't have any issue with you being wrong. My issue wasn't that the sign was wrong. That's not my issue. It, mistakes happen. And, and come to find out after talking to the general manager, which you can damn sure I did, he said there actually was a sign made. It was put up and, and somebody had taken it down and put it in the office or something. So Fine. proud. My issue is I am a customer. You are in an industry called customer service. Yep. Your job is to service me. I didn't pick that job. I didn't pick that industry. Mm -hmm. All I'm asking is that you make it right because you made a mistake. And instead I get, sorry, I don't know what you want me to tell you. And I, oh my God, I called the general manager. I lit him up. And, you know, he, he actually attempted to make it right. So I give him kudos for that. But that's my fuck you to the Hilton Garden in Florida. Fuck you. I need I need I need uh, I need to know what happened. Like, how did he make it right? <laughs> yeah. It's a I need to know that too. Join us next time on Critical Mass. No, <laughs> no, we're not doing we don't do to be continued. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I called the general manager and at first he, he started getting it, too, because I called him twice before he called me back over the course of like three days. Oh, and finally, when I got a hold of him and I said, hey, I've been leaving you messages. What the hell? And I explained to him the story. And that's when he gave me the spiel about, you know, there actually was a sign, but it was taken down. I'm really sorry. And he said, you know, truthfully, I can't refund your money for the breakfast. You, you actually booked it through Expedia. And this is for everybody's you know, information. Because you booked it through a third party source of Expedia versus just straight through Hilton, I can't refund you because essentially they charge you and we charge them. Mm -hmm. um, he said, but what I can do and, and really the only thing I can do is, do you have Hilton's reward? or Hilton, Hilton Rewards. And I said, no, I don't. He said, you can sign up for it for free and then I can just load your account up with a bunch of points. And then you can turn those points into you know free stays, free breakfasts. You can even turn it into money on amazon.com. Mm -hmm. he's, he's I'm not familiar with the ins and outs, but I can do that for you. <clears throat> and uh, he was nice enough. I set up an account. He, he loaded me up with a bunch of points and uh, we're actually planning a trip to New Orleans in November. So hopefully that'll help us out there. That's, yeah. I'm satisfied with that answer, but absolutely is not... Because at the end of the day, he he could have cut you a check on the on the hotel's money. <clears throat> I mean, I, I agree with you. It would have been nice to get something um, that was more you know financially tangible, tangible exactly. Yeah. But I, I do applaud him for saying, listen, truthfully, this is the best I can do, mm -hmm. and I will do the best I can in this area. So I mean, yeah. I, I appreciate. It. And like I said, I was satisfied. At the end of the day, it was more just I wanted to be heard, and that that really goes for anybody in a managing managing position. I'm not looking to make free stuff. I'm not looking to, you know, cash in this blank check I got because your your employee was rude to me. I just want to be heard. I want yeah. to know that you hear that I have an issue and that you're going to fix it. Yeah, well, no, I, that's not good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, it's just because, oh my God, but no, I, I think for me, and I think that you're right, you and I then are very similar in that, is that like I I work, like I go to work. And, and I make money gives they give me money. Right. And then I get to choose what to spend my money on. So when I spend that money on things, there is a certain expectations. I, I expectation. I go to Wegmans for the experience. If I wanted just to get groceries and have a shitty time, I go to tops. 
Right. Okay, so you guys are familiar with geek cult, geek culture, obviously. So you spent a lot of time in arcades as a kid. I did. Yeah. Let's say you put, let's say you put money into into a machine and it ate your money, and you went and you complained. You remember the 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 timeout arcade at the mall? Yeah, mm-hmm. I spent. There's days. always some weird guy who never should be around children. Yep. Who has that <laughs> belt with the coins yep, in it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he would just give and them you to complained you. to him and you said, "Hey, I this thing at my money." And he, goes, click, 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 click. he gave you a dollar and he walked away. Now yeah. imagine you're 11 years old and you're trying to play, you know, Ninja Turtles game and it doesn't Ninja work. Turtles. Say, Excuse me, sir. This machine ain't my money. And he goes, "Oh well, the sign. Uh, we had a sign that said it wasn't working, but it's in the back." The best I can do is to get you signed up for a, a, a system where, and then you could use those points somewhere. And you're yeah, just no, staring at them. You're absolutely right. I would love though, when those guys would, you would tell them that. Cause I, I specifically remember being like around that age and they would do that thing where they put their arm on the front of it and they do a quick hip check into the side of the machine <laughs> yep. and you, you'd hear the coins drop and then yeah. player one start. And I'd yeah. be like, Thank thanks, you. dude. <laughs> like, and that's why you're in the position you're in, because you yeah, can do that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted. I just wanted to play the game. And that's where I get angry at Karen's that are like, you know, I wanted I put in two quarters to play the game, but I also wanted it to toast me some waffles. And like, well, that's not what that's not <laughs> what it's for. And then the Karen says, Well, why not? Well, what right. why why not then? But and I want a waffles. Exactly. And that's where I get angry at the Karens because it's just you're asking for too much now. You're just being I, I stupid. You've got to you got to have been in that position. You've got to have had a customer service job because when you do, you appreciate the fact that they don't give a like the, the employees at Arby's don't give a flying F that they gave the wrong order. They don't care. It is a college job at best, probably even high school. And you're not going to get the passion out of them, which is fine. I'm not looking for that. Just don't spit my burger. And when you do screw it up, go fix it. That's it. Yeah. That's all I want. It's very, it's very simple. And it's it forgotten. It's a forgotten, mm-hmm. it's a forgotten art. But with that being said, one last time, everyone give it up for Bob from Gutsy Media Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I want to thank you so much for being here. I had an absolute blast tonight. Um, and I hope you both did. Both me and Dan. Yes, I feel blasted. That is very nice, Rocco. Dan, Rocco is wishing that that you had a good time tonight. Well, he's a piece of shit and it's disingenuous. (laughs) That's true, though. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I am I am honored to have been on the show. Please have me back as often as you want. Uh, This is I'm a huge fan, like I said, and I always have a good time when I'm with you guys. Yeah, I truth be told, really like this concept of this episode. Yes, if fans want to give us comments and let us know if they like it. I'd like to do this again next season. I love it. Yes. Yes. Bob. Oh, we, and by the way, anytime, uh, anytime. Rocco's episode on gutsy media just came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's fantastic. It's about snake eyes. The movie. You listened to it. I did. Um, and also my episode, I think might be coming out soon. Right, Bob? I think yours, let me double check. I have my, my list here. I think you might be the next episode yeah. that comes out. So if you're uh, like, how apropos, tonight, if you like what you hear tonight, today, this afternoon, whenever or wherever you're listening to this, check out Gutsy Media Podcast, also on the DFAT Entertainment Network, and you'll get 
a more in-depth uh, sort of um, experience as to what we did tonight. Yeah, Dan's episode drops June 24th. Um, by the time you guys are listening to this, we just had an episode drop yesterday. Uh, that was Lauren with Ready Player One. That was a good movie. Dan, me and you talked about Shaun of the Dead. That was a great yes. movie. And, you know, season two is ending soon. I got a, a bunch of stuff planned for season three. So stick with me. And definitely let me know if anybody turns in that that ghost sound. I'd love to. I'd love to pay for some proof. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. The EVP. Yes, please. If somebody finds the EVP, I want to say it's around season three or season four. Um, it's gotta be four, I think. Um, okay. where you hear the woman's voice. Um, so a so, woman's voice. Yeah, like, and it's definitely not like my wife. It's <laughs> like I honestly was listening to the recording and we were talking about something. And I just hear a woman just like talking like faintly into the microphone like this. And I was just like, who the fuck is that? And I like rewound it a bunch of times and I just consistently heard it. It was someone in the room. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. They were in the room with us. So I don't know. It was my ex-girlfriend. I had invited her. You didn't notice she was there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, he Dan was always the guy like, I have a girlfriend, but she goes to the other high school. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, no, but uh, yeah. So thank you. Thank you again, Bob. And um, we want to go ahead and thank everyone at DFAT Entertainment, Insensitive Culture, Gutsy Media Podcast, Towel Light Talk, Campfire Chats, Bull and Moose, Star Warriors. Fuck it. All of them. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you to um, our sponsors that you heard from tonight. Thank you to them. Respect. And uh, just so you know, party on Wayne. And go watch Loki. Thanks, guys. Peace. They come from butts.